at the info track. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Adoption has been around for just about forever. But today, adoption practices have changed in dramatic ways, thanks to the Internet. To learn more, we welcome Adam Pertman, Executive Director of the nonprofit Donaldson Adoption Institute, and he's the author of the book Adoption Nation. Adam, your institute recently did some research on the Internet's impact on adoption. What were some of your key findings? What we found was that this is a permanent historic change that the Internet is instigating in adoption. It's not around the edges here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about really a reshaping fundamentally of the institution, of the people it touches. And I'll give you just a few examples of what I'm talking about. The easy one for people to get their heads around is search and reunion. You know, there was a time when adoptions were secretive, birth families and adoptive families had nothing to do with each other, and that's been changing for a long time. But what the Internet is doing is making that permanent and making it very, very extensive. In other words, if you want to find somebody, you can find somebody. So people who think they're entering into an adoption that perhaps the birth family or birth mother and your child will never get to know each other, think again. That kid could be 10 years old and find his birth mother or siblings. And we see it happening every single day, every single day. We're not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah, I was just going to ask, in some cases it might be a bad thing, or in some cases not, I guess. That's right. That's exactly right. What's true is that we need to be prepared for it. We need to understand that it's happening, so you need to have that conversation with your child. If you are a birth parent who thought you would maybe have anonymity, you should probably start rethinking that and know that you may open up your life. What we're going to see, I think, in the next chapter of adoption history, which is being written right in front of us, it really is, what we're going to see is what I call the extended family of adoption. Just as when you get married, your spouse comes with relatives. And when we adopt, our children come with relatives. And that is going to be a new kind of extended family. It's already happening. And um, in terms of adopting a child, if a couple wants to adopt a child, you know, it may be difficult to look around the world for that child, but I guess the Internet's probably had an effect there with the international scene too, right? Internationally and nationally, what you see is both the pre-adoptive parents who sort of want to show they're available. In the old days, they would make like a book of their lives to show to pregnant women who might decide to place a child with them. Today, there's no such book. Today, it's online. You can have videos and beautiful photographs and prose that you can change every week. So people quite literally market themselves to be adoptive parents. And at the other end, there are women in crisis pregnancies who are thinking about placing their children for adoption. And suddenly they have this big avenue by which to do that, to see the people who could become their children's new parents, whatever. And again, it gets back to what the relationships will be. And just one more quick thought in this regard. As people consider just how profound these changes are, the people involved, the pre-adoptive parents, the pregnant women, you know, these are vulnerable people who have real needs. And one thing we have to be very careful of in this new world of adoption is that they don't become victims of predators. You know, not the children who are looking for birth family, not the pre-adoptive parents or that pregnant woman. You know, we have to figure out ways to provide them with protections, knowledge, because just going out on the Internet, there's no filter. 
They don't right. know who is who. Yeah, it said that on the Internet, everything is not as it seems, and just because you see something on the Internet doesn't make it true. So how do we protect people? Is there a way, or is it just sort of like the Wild West out there right now? Uh, that's a great question, and I do talk about it as the Wild West. The title of the paper is Untangling the Web. You know, it is a web, and we have only started to do that untangling. This report by the Adoption Institute is the first ever of its kind. I mean, we say it's unprecedented and historic, this report, and that's because it has no competition, and nobody's done it before. So we had to start somewhere. So this is a multi-year project of the Adoption Institute. I urge people to take a look at it. And what we're trying to do is start that national conversation. Should law enforcement officials be looking at all of this out there to make sure no one is victimizing the millions of people involved? Because it really is millions of people. Should Internet providers be providing some protections for those children? We are just now starting that conversation. We're going to keep working on this for at least a couple more years and hopefully start providing answers. We're talking with Adam Pertman, executive director of the nonprofit Donaldson Adoption Institute, and he's author of the book Adoption Nation. Adam, in terms of the key organizations and the reputable groups that have been out there for years, how are they represented on the Internet? Are they involved? Are they up to speed? Or are they kind of falling behind? Yes, yes, and yes. The Internet is changing everybody's world. We're now talking about this one finally. We've done a lot of others that affect fewer people and certainly fewer children. Anyway, the answer is that the reputable people are out there as well. Everybody's out there. And what's hard to know is who is who. So one thing we do in our report is we list the questions you can ask. What are the criteria you can use to judge who's who? Which practices are ethical and which ones should you have your radar up for? I mean, if someone tells you just by simple example... If you see an ad that says, we will get you a healthy baby within, you know, six to eight months. Well, should you ask, how can you know that? How can you promise that? You mean if 10,000 people answer the ad, you can do it for all of us? It raises your radar. You should be going to the Better Business Bureau. Another nice thing about the Internet is there are support groups and information groups. And you can check that organization out that you are considering using. You know, do they provide support services, therapy if you needed, guidance, or do they just are they just marketing a child? Those are all really, really important questions that we now have to consider very seriously. Adam, in general, how much does an adoption cost today, and has the Internet had any effect on that? I don't think it's had any real impact yet. It might, and I think it's hard to know in what direction, probably in both, right? Supply and demand stuff. The costs are considerable and have been rising for some time. To adopt a baby in this country or a child from another country costs roughly in the ballpark of twenty-five dollars to $50,000. It's very expensive. To adopt a child from foster care, and that's where most adoptions in America take place, to adopt a child from foster care has no cost involved. Any last words for people who are interested in adoption or perhaps in providing a child for adoption? Well, I think no matter where you are on the spectrum in the adoption world, professionals in the world, you know, members of the adoption community, of the family of adoption, I think the thing to do is understand that the world really is changing around you. Putting on blinders and saying, oh, I don't know how to do that Facebook stuff is not going to cut it anymore. Not if you want to help your child, who may be 12 years old and having a conversation with his birth mother or siblings every day, and you don't even know it.
and you don't know how to look for it. It's not necessarily a bad thing at all. But don't you want to know if your child is doing that? Don't you want to be able to provide the guidance, the supervision? So it's time that we really wrap our heads around the reality that we need to understand this too. Adam Pertman, Executive Director of the nonprofit Donaldson Adoption Institute and author of Adoption Nation. You can learn more about the organization at adoptioninstitute.org. And Adam has a blog at Adam Pertman, that's P-E-R-T-M-A-N, adampertman.com. Adam, thanks so much for joining us today on InfoTrack. It was my pleasure. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. To learn more about our guests or listen to past shows, visit InfoTrack online at TalkZone.com.